So last week, I was pretty busy, because some of you may have heard or may not, but we filmed for a new TV show all weekend. We are so excited because we're producing a new program called The Fresh Table. I mean, how exciting is that? Because one of the things we realized, Bree posted on Facebook a while back, she said, you know, faith, fitness, and food, what's your biggest struggle? And the majority of people said food. And that's what I find, is there's so much confusion on food, people don't think they have the time, they're, they're, it's uncomfortable, they don't know how to go in the kitchen. And so we created this program called The Fresh Table. My son-in-law is going to be doing it with me. So anyway, I'll tell you more about that later, but I was really focused on that. We finished up. I took him to the airport late Sunday. Yesterday, I was a little bit like, whoa, trying to just recoup and return some emails. Well, about 5 o'clock, just before I was walking out the door to go to a friend's house because it's her 50th birthday, um, Bree sent me a text, and she said, hey, just a reminder, you've got Facebook Live tomorrow, 10 a.m., and it's on hearing the voice of God. As I walked out the door, and yes, I had forgotten it was today. So what makes me laugh is that God allows me, and maybe that's just me rationalizing, but he puts me in situations a lot where I am counting on hearing from God. Like, I have to hear from him because, God, I could not do this without you. And I remember one time being on a plane, and I was flying to Nashville, and we were going to be filming a bunch of our, I think it was years ago, so some of our first DVDs. And I had had a parasite from the drinking water in England, and had been super duper sick. And I was on the plane, I remember, I was on the plane feeling very almost unprepared, like, God, how in the world am I going to get this all together? We're going to Nashville. And I was reading in the book, Crazy Love, and it said, at any time in our life, we should be involved in something where if God doesn't show up, we're going to fail miserably. I'm pretty good about that. I try my best to prepare, and I, I give it my all, but there's also times when I'm just not ready. And I just say, God, please, this is your mouth. Help me to speak well. So I'm going to open up in prayer, just asking for God's words to flow through me. So, just Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for just every single thing that you do, God. Really, I, um, I've just seen you show up and do such amazing things that I've learned just to trust you and know that you can work good from all things, God. I, um, I could do nothing without you. I truly believe that. But with you... There's nothing I can't do. And God, my hope is that those who are listening today believe that, that they need you, that they, they want to hear from you, and that with you, they are forced to be reckoned with God because you are the most powerful one, and um, we know that you can, can use us for big things. So God, just help us to feel your presence. Um, I ask that you would just open the heart of everyone listening, that they are ready to learn and to hear from you. And for Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to start off, and I'm just going to read a story for, for uh, read a story to you. And it's this great little story um, that I think will kind of set the tone in a way for what we're going to be talking about. It was the 1840s, and the method of communication was the telegraph machine. A young man applied for a job as a Morse code operator. Answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the office that was listed. When he arrived, he entered a large, busy office filled with the noise and clatter of telegraph machines and voices. A sign on the receptionist's desk introduced the job applicants to fill out a form 
and wait until they were summoned to enter the office. The young man filled out his form and then sat with the other seven applicants in the waiting room. After a few minutes, the young man stood up, crossed the room to the office, and walked right in. The others sitting there started muttering and assumed he would be disqualified for barging in. Within a few minutes, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said, Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming. The job has been filled. The other applicants grumbled, wait a minute. He was the last one to come in. We were never even interviewed. Not fair. The employer said, I'm sorry, but all the time you were sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. And guys, I just think so often that is what's going on in our lives is that we are sitting there and we want to, you know, we're waiting to hear from God, but there's so much clutter and noise getting in the way that we can't hear his voice. That we're sitting there and we're listening more to the clutter to the world than we are his voice. And I think some of you, maybe some of you out there, have had amazing experiences where you've heard the voice of God and that you continue to hear his voice. And there might be some of you out there who are like, honestly, I don't know if I've ever heard the voice of God. And either way, guys, I just want you to stay with me and listen to this because I think that there's just some really important information here. And I, um, I want you to know that God really, really does speak to us. And he has been speaking to us since the beginning of time. It started right in the Garden of Eden. And if you look through the Bible from the Old Testament to the very end of the New Testament, he continues to speak, right? So why would a God who loves us and who has big plans for this world and for us, why would he stop speaking as soon as the Bible's written, right? He still had lots of things to say to us. And, you know, in the Bible and also now, I think there's some basic ways that we can hear from God, okay? And hands down, the first one is the Bible. I mean, there's scripture verse after scripture verse about this is the living word of God. It's alive. He, I mean, somebody once told me that the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Basic instructions before leaving earth. That is our manual on how to live. Okay, so that's one of the first ways that we can hear from God, is just reading that, reading the Bible. But there's also, guys, we can absolutely go and read the Bible and hear nothing. We can read the Bible and feel nothing and be changed, not at all, because our heart and our mind aren't in the right place. We are looking at the Bible as a to-do list item. Okay, got my five time in, I did my 15 minutes, or I did my one chapter, I did this. But here's the first Thing, and I think the biggest thing you're going to hear probably all day is you have to go through life, and especially going into reading your Bible, one, expecting, expecting to hear from God. Two, go with a repentant heart. I'm willing to change, God. I want to do it your way, and I know I fail at it a lot, but please know that I, I'm here and I want to be changed. And then you have to be ready to respond. And we're going to talk a lot more about that later. But before you read your Bible, Bree and I were talking about the importance of prayer. Because that's really where we also hear from God. But I find that often it's so different when, we, when I pray before I get into the Word. And I just say things like, you know, God, I want to hear from you. I know that if I 
open my heart to your word today, I will be so much better. I'll be able to be at so much more peace. I'll experience more joy if I allow your word to change me today. Don't let me come here today, God, with preconceived ideas. You know, I've read the book of Matthew six times. Help me to see something new today. Okay? And, I, and, and as I'm kind of going through these different items, like, you know, like the, the Bible and how he speaks to us in the Bible, I'm going to tell you some different stories um, in my life, how that's happened. So one time I was praying before reading the Bible, and I said, God, What's something new today? What do you what do you have in there? Something that I haven't heard before. Show me something that will move me. And I don't know how to explain it, but I went to the book of Haggai. Honestly, I don't even know if I say the word right. I didn't really even know Haggai was a book in the Bible. And I went to it and I opened it up, and the key verse in the book of Haggai is, Why are you living in luxurious homes while my house lies in ruin? And that started to make my heart so much, some, some things that I just couldn't wait to share with others because I was like, that's so true. We put so much time and energy into everything else out there, and we forget like this because after, you know, after the, the New Testament, after Jesus died on the cross, his home is our body. And I was just so, how cool is that, that God would use scripture like that to speak to me? Um, another time, this is kind of a combination, but it's scripture combined with circumstances. Another time when my mom was going to be having a back surgery. I mean, an eight-hour back surgery, eight, 80 years old, was a big deal. They were going to be cutting her both back, front and back, all this stuff. And I had asked God, you know, wouldn't it be neat if the day of my mom's back surgery, if my mom's favorite verse came in through Kayla, who sends me a daily scripture? And I forgot about it. Well, the morning after her surgery, I woke up. And sure enough, there it was. There was the verse. It was, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I heard that verse come in, and that verse brought me such comfort because I knew God was with me. So Bible is huge. I could tell probably the most stories about how I've kind of heard from God through the Bible. But it's also, again, in prayer time. When you're being quiet, listen. Like, just sit and listen. And one of the prayers that I do more often probably than any other prayer comes from, I believe it's Psalm 139. I'm never really good about knowing where in the Bible things are and what verse, but I just know that they're in there. And so I was, um, sometimes at night I'll go into my hot tub. I have a hot tub, which is my, love it so much. And I go there alone and I pray. And I sat out in the hot tub and I did the prayer. I just said to God, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Show me anything that is displeasing to you. And I sat there for a while. So I used that scripture in my prayer time. And all I can say then is this song came into my mind right away. It was really interesting because the song was, what I thought the lyrics were, is change me from the inside out. Which sounds great, like, right? Change me from the inside out. Because I talked about that a lot, the importance of being changed from the inside out. But all of a sudden, then the right lyrics came into mind. So it's just out of gap, because how can I think of the wrong lyrics and then rightly think of the right lyrics? And the right lyrics are, consume with me from the inside out. Okay, so that just shows, like, you're, it's not about just changing you, Michelle. Let me consume you. So again, that's just how prayer was used. Dreams. I mean, Daniel had dreams. People, I, this isn't as big for me. You know, I, I, get, I have some crazy dreams. 
I have a hard time understanding how God's speaking to me in some of those. But I have a friend, Suzanne, who very, you know, she has these amazing, vivid dreams. And it's almost like more of a vision than a dream because sometimes she's like, I'm actually awake, but I'm still dreaming. And when I was going through some challenges with my son, Neil, she had a dream that she shared with me that was unbelievable and brought me just so much peace. So dreams is, is another way that God continues to speak to us. Audible. And when you think about Saul, when he heard that loud, audible voice, and it said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? People you know, say, I never heard an audible voice, and I, a lot of people never have. And sometimes it's hard to distinguish thoughts and audible voices. It's really weird, but I have had several times where I've been sleeping, and I'm literally woken up by a, a voice. And I know that might seem odd, but I can remember still new in my faith, and this was really the first time I ever really felt like I heard from God. And I was sound asleep, and I'm super good at that, so I was sound asleep, and boom, was a voice that said, Michelle, feed the hungry. Like, I thought my husband had said it to me, so I woke up, and I looked, and I'm like, why are you screaming when you're sleeping? Feed Michelle, go feed the hungry. And I looked, and my husband was just sound asleep. And another time, something was weighing heavy in my mind. You might have heard me talk about this, and I was um, going to bed thinking, why are so many Christians, God, who are not, they're not joyful. They're not experiencing joy from this. And again, woke up in the middle of the night with very loud words, fully integrated. I don't know. Was it audible? It sure was to me. I could hear it, but it could have been, again, just my own thought. Another one is people. This is big. Um, people can, I, I find that for me, people, it's usually an affirmation. Something that I've already been feeling, something that I feel like, you know, God has been asking me to do. And then someone comes along and affirms it. And I remember when I was just starting faithful workouts, even before I was starting it, it was just a concept. I was on this kind of you know, mission, like Ephesians 2.10. God, what is the good work you plan in Master Me to do? And I've been thinking, thinking, well, maybe it's something in fitness. And then a friend of mine came up to me and um, said, you know, Michelle, why are you not making DVDs and doing this so that more people can hear you know, what you have to say? And it was just such a moment where I was like, whoa, right, yeah, that's true. And one thing that's kind of, I guess, odd to me God will use non-believers to accomplish things and to direct you. I remember reading, um, I want to say Second Chronicles, and how it said God, God had the king of Assyria do something. And, or he has, the, um, he, he has people who are kind of bad guys do something, so he can even influence those people to kind of speak to you. So don't disregard it, but you have to be very careful when you hear from other people. Um, circumstances are huge. Again, I had a time when God used circumstances to bring me peace when I should have been just falling apart. And if, I mean, if you think about it, my mom's having surgery, my son's health is in shambles, and I'm supposed to fly to my mom to go be with her for her surgery, but the day before I cancel because my son is going to go to the hospital. And it has some tests done and has to swallow a camera, crazy stuff. And I get a call from my stepdad in Florida, and he says, you won't believe this. You know, your mom, there's two nurses who just introduced themselves to her, and they're going to be her operating room nurses, and their names are Michelle, my name, 
and Nicole, which was my sister's name, and she was on her way there, but not going to be there for the surgery. And God knew that would bring me unbelievable peace. So he uses the circumstances like that. And if you're just in tune to it, you're ready to hear from him, and then you allow that to don't go, oh, coincidence, but you allow it to be changed. So that's just another way. And then repetition. Like, have you ever had that happen? I mean, this just happened to my husband. He uh, listened to a sermon, and they talked about how there's so many men out there who won't, they don't have friends, like real friends who they can open up to. And then he watched something here, and it was the same message. And then something came in, you know, to me that I had said to him, and it was the same message. And he's like, oh my goodness, this is about the sixth time that I've heard this message in like 40 hours. Like, I think I'm supposed to be really taking note of this. So again, Bible, our thoughts and prayers, dreams, audible, people, circumstances, repetition. I mean, God will use whatever it takes sometimes to get your attention, right? He used a donkey in the Bible. He used a burning bush in the Bible. So there's so many different ways. And, you know, if you're out there and you're listening, and there's some way that, you know, God spoke to you, maybe it's one of these, was it the Bible? Just send it in. I'd be curious to see how God has been speaking to many of you. Um, what I want to kind of base the rest of this time together on is a verse from 1 Samuel 3.10. And if you don't know the story, it's um, Samuel is a young boy. Eli, is it Eli the young boy or Samuel the young boy? Samuel's the young boy. Eli is kind of watching over Samuel. Samuel's sleeping, and he hears, hears a voice call out his name. He thinks it's Eli, and he goes to him, and he goes to him, he goes to him three times, and finally Eli says, hey, it's not me calling you. It's God. And this is how Samuel responds in um, verse 10. Speak, for your servant is listening. And there's so much in here, guys. Speak, for your servant is listening. Okay? So first of all, I, as I, like I just talked about, God does speak to us. I kind of went through all of the different ways. And then he goes on to say, your servant. Meaning, if you are saying to someone, speak to me, I am your servant, and you're, so that means, you know, kind of the master-servant role. A servant is obedient, right? They, they are going, they do what the master tells them to do. They're their servant. They're their humble servant. And so he's saying, I'm, I, I, I want, I'm here, I'm your servant. And then he says, I'm listening. Okay, so I believe that if we have a faith in God, and we're not hearing him, it's not that he's not speaking, because he proves over and over again that he is speaking. But there's two things that can be happening. One, we're not listening. And two, we're not really thinking that we will be, so we're not looking at ourselves as a servant or that we would be obedient. Um, and imagine this. Just this story, I said to myself, just this story just kind of came to me this morning. I was teaching class, and I was thinking about this talk. So imagine I say to you, you're not going to believe this, I know the winning numbers for the lottery, okay? And it sounds weird, but it's all twos. Go do it. And you hear that, and you go, that is so, thank you, Michelle, thank you so much for that. And you walk away, and you go, you know, I bet that's pretty close, but I think that last two should have been three. And so you change it. You go, and you play the lottery, but what happens? You miss out, right? And then I say to you again, 
No, really, I'm telling you, please, just listen to this. This, I know it seems strange, but today play all fours. And you go and you switch one number and you miss out, right? And I think that's what happens often. We hear from God and the things that kind of sound like that, yeah, I can do that, that sounds good. But that right there, that little piece right there is a little off. God, that seems a little crazy. So I'm just going to change that part of it. And I miss out, right? I remember reading one time that if we got on a plane in New York and we're heading off for our honeymoon and we wanted to go to Tuscany and the pilot takes off and he's just 10% off, okay? 90% is there, 10% off. Well, guess where you'd end up on your honeymoon if you traveled the same amount of time? At Afghanistan. Okay? So it's important, guys, and not that we're ever going to get this perfect. While we're still here on Earth, we're going to mistake his voice sometimes, and we're going we're gonna to make mistakes. But what I don't want you to do is to purposely say, God, I'll listen to this over here, but not that, because you're going to miss out. You know, I remember my pastor saying one time that someone had said to him, I'm really struggling with something, and I want to hear from God on it, and, you know, I've been praying, but I'm just not hearing. And he says, well, what's going on? He says, well, I'm trying to decide if I should move in with my girlfriend. I mean, we're going to get married someday, but I'm just not hearing. And that's, uh, our pastor said to him, hold on a second. He's already told you the answer to that, right? In the Word, it's very clear about what we're supposed to do in that situation. And so there's times when we're, we, we're, we're thinking we're not hearing from God, but it's because he's already made it so clear in his word. And I can see, you know, so often we can rationalize some of the things we want to do, and that, that word doesn't really apply to this. Well, you know, that's great, Pastor, but we're going to get married, so it's okay, I think, if we move in. Guys, the word is the word, we need to take it at what it's at. So don't try to just change just a little bit of it and try to rationalize it. Be willing, when God speaks to you, to kind of go all in. All right, but I'm going to tell you what I think are some of the biggest reasons why we don't listen when we hear. And one of the biggest ones is pride. We think our way's better, right? I mean, pride and fear are two at, at the root of really all of our behavior. Pride and fear, pride and fear. And hopefully, love comes into that, too. Love, fear, okay? Fear leads to pride. So anyway, um, that's a big one. Uh, we think that we can do things better, that he doesn't get. He doesn't know what it's like to be living right now where I'm living. He doesn't fully get my situation, but in reality, he does. The other one is not willing to let go. We're in control. We want to hold those reins. We're independent. You know, I can do all things, and it's great when Christ is there with me. It's not I can do all things through Christ. And I can remember a time when God really spoke clearly about this to me. And I'll just tell you a story. And I was sitting at the bus stop waiting for my son to get off the bus. And he was just starting to have some challenges. And you know, I was, I was gripping onto his hand tighter. I felt like trying to hold on and control the situation better. And I don't want him to go through these tough times. God, I want him to avoid him. Let me help him. Let me hold on. And literally... God said, I don't know how to say it, I just felt God said, let go of his hand, Michelle, put it in mine. And I saw almost like this picture of my son's hand leaving mine and going into God's hand. And God said, I love him more than you do. It's okay. Well, if you've known our story at all, 
things didn't go okay for a little bit. It, you know, things got a little crazy, and my son took some pills and ended up in an ambulance and a psych ward. But I had such comfort because God had given me that picture, like, you know, Michelle, let go of control. And this is why I want you so badly to start trying to hear God and allowing him to speak, because if you want joy and you want peace, there's nothing better than feeling God's presence, knowing he's with you, that allows you to let go of control, right? So if you're a control person, like I, I have a tendency to be, let go, let go of that. Next one is we, we battle with being self-centered. We're, we can be all about us. And believe me, I lived so many years of my life all about me. Everything I did was about me and my fun and my happiness and all that. And I thought that if I was super self-centered, I would experience like more joy and more, more happiness. But it's truly when we die to ourselves, when we don't make the living our whole life be about us, and we're willing to make it about other people, that we'll actually hear from God more and we can respond more fully because we're not looking at how does this affect me right now in this moment. Another thing is we don't respond because it's uncomfortable. What will people think? I'm kind of liking life right now. And in reality, I think there's a lot of people out there who are holding back from even stepping in and believing in Jesus because they like their life right now. It's pretty good. I like it. I'm comfortable here. And um, I remember one time my son Neil said, sitting with 15 women, he said, here's one thing I don't see God promising us in the Bible is comfort. He is our comforter, and we can always go to him. But life will throw us challenges, right? In this world, you will have troubles. You will have challenges, but we have good cheer. So we cannot expect that God's voice is always going to leave us into a more comfortable spot. And I am one who so believes that real joy is found outside our comfort zone. When we step out and we do something more like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? You know, I can't believe this. Like, just step out of that comfort zone. My um, good friend, Krista, shared a story with me. Her friend uh, was sitting home, just enjoying her nice, comfortable home, and felt out of nowhere, she was supposed to drive to the local grocery store and go to the soda machine and do a handstand. So let me just think about it. How would you respond to that? Honestly, I, I would bet, uh, little miscommunication. <laughs> Can't hear you, sorry, lost connection, you don't know. But she felt it. She went and she did it. You know what happened? The guy comes up to her and says, why are you doing that? And she says, don't ask. I feel like God just told me to come here and do it. Why are you asking me why I'm doing it? And he said, I pray, God, if you're real, let me see someone go ahead and stand over there. Not that we're called to test God, but at times, guys, God is going to, to use you to step out of your comfort zone and do something so somebody else can be touched by it. You might be thought, yeah, right, sure, that sounds like a weird story, but you would be amazed at how many things happen like this. Last night, I went to my girlfriend's house, remember her 50th birthday, and I was saying, you know, how I'm going to be talking about this, and she said, you know, there is nothing that can ground your faith more than hearing from God in a way that you know it was Him. 
And she said, and sometimes it's the story of others that can, you know, really increase our faith. She said when she was very young, I think it was like three years old, her dad came to faith. And first of all, her dad is now 90 years old and one of the most beautiful humans you could ever meet. He still goes into prison ministries and he still goes out and goes to his Bible studies. He's still all about Jesus. But where it started for him, he had new to his faith, and he saw something on local TV in Pensacola, Florida, about a woman who was turning 100. And he, for whatever reason, it was this thought, this feeling, you know what? Go visit her. Okay, is that uncomfortable? Go visit her. But how can it make it even more uncomfortable? I'm, you don't know her name, and you don't know where she lives. Get in your car and start driving. He got to every intersection and said, God, which way? Which way? Kept driving, kept driving, ends up kind of across town, ends up in an apartment building, knocks on the door, and says, I'm not really sure who I'm here to see, but she turned 100. And they were like, oh, Mother Rose is right there in the building. Now, that's crazy stuff, right? And, you, and we might not, you and I might never experience something so crazy like that, but we can't judge, like, how big or how God, how God like, only speaks really big things to certain people. Every time we hear God speak, it's big, if you ask me. I don't care what the results are. Every time, I, I just think sometimes, oh, my goodness, God, you have a whole world that you are trying to operate and run, and you look down and you said, Michelle, I want you to feel loved and special right now, right here. When you experience that, no matter if it's just a little bit of a word, whatever it is, it changes you. Hearing from him changes you. All right, so it's okay to be uncomfortable. I'm one of the most awkward, uncomfortable people you've ever met. <laughs> so anyway, another one is, like I talked before, we try to negotiate. It's that, you know, uh, God, how about, you know, that, that idea you just put in my mind and you're asking me to follow through Maybe you didn't know that I still have kids in the house, so when they're gone, that's a great idea. Or, you know, maybe you, I know you mentioned I should go do that to that person, but this person already has a kind of faith. I've already been talking to them. How about that person? And we start to negotiate with them, right? So try not to. Just try to go like, okay, God, I'm going to take your word on what it is, and if that's what it says, I'm going for it. And here's probably one of the biggest things, guys, why we struggle to respond and why we don't hear is because we're too busy. Right? We have too much going on in our lives. It's walking into that, that, that office, remember I was talking about with the Morse code machines going on? And we're so busy that all we are hearing is the voices of the people working there and the clutter and the clatter and all of this, that there's so much noise coming in that we don't hear his voice. It's awkward sometimes to sit quietly. We love the TV, we love our phones, we can turn and we can go and we can look. It's okay to experience quiet and to sit. It's not wasted time, guys, at all. There's nothing wasteful with time when you are sitting and listening for God to direct you. And my hope is that this doesn't become just a moment of your day where you pray and you read your Bible, and then you say, okay, God, now, you learn to practice the presence of God. You're on everything. So everywhere you're going, you're just kind of tuning into his voice. And I love Galatians 5, how it talks about this battle, okay, this battle of the busyness, the clutter, the noise around us. 
In the Bible, in Galatians 5, it refers to it as the evil nature. That this tendency to be drawn to other things. It talks about that there's two voices inside of us. It's the voice of the spirit, God, and the voice of everything else, the clutter, the noise, the busyness, all of that. And as long as there's two voices going, there's going to be a battle. And here's something you need to know. It's not that we are going to win every battle. We are going to hear these other voices, and we're going to respond incorrectly. But the next battle, we might tune in more to his voice. So it's not about doing it perfectly, but every day try a little bit more to listen to the right voice. Because here's something that I know that I know. There's nothing that Satan wants less than for you to hear from God and take action. Um, that's what. That's really what we need to do. He doesn't want that. So if he wants you to be busy, he wants to confuse you. I mean, his voice of confusion started right in Genesis, right? When, Gen- when they're in the garden. The, the, the serpent came to put the doubt, to give him another voice to listen to. Did God really say that? Okay? He tries to pull us off. So we need to stay strong and to be able to know that, that we're not going to listen to that voice anymore. Um, let's see. It's too busy. And then we're, yeah, we're listening to the wrong voice. Um, so here's what I want you to think about. You want to hear from God. But are you going to change when you hear from him? Are you willing to do something about what he says to you? How are you feeling right now, guys, about this? Can you type in some stuff for you? Are you you hearing anything from anybody out there? Um, People are talking about being still and how that's important. Being still and how that's important, yeah. And how encouraging it is to hear stories from other people, like stories where God just moves crazy, like the handstand story. It's so encouraging because you're like, whoa. Yeah. This is just normal people. I can do that, too. But I was thinking also about that verse in 1 Kings 19. Where it says there's a giant fire outside the cave, and Elijah was in the cave, but God wasn't in the fire. And then there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was, you know, something else, but God wasn't in that. And then there was like a gentle whisper. And then Elijah like came out of the cave. And so the more you sit and pray and listen to God, the easier it is to recognize His voice. So yeah, just practicing. It. And 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 I'm glad because there's sometimes guys. Here's the deal: if when you hear God's voice and you respond to it, and the results aren't what you expected, that doesn't mean that you didn't hear from it. Maybe. Maybe you didn't hear clearly, possibly. But we can't go off the results. I mean, there are so many times when I've done things, and I'm like, well, that didn't go quite as planned. But I, I, I couldn't. There's, if stories move you, I'm like, I'm like, oh, stories move me. And, and there's a story that I've, I've shared somewhere before, but it's a story of Lee Strobel. If you know Lee Strobel, he wrote the book, Pace for Christ, which I guess is coming out as a movie, right? Which is super exciting. But Lee Strobel heard God telling him to go invite someone to church, okay? And he battled with, no, God, I've already invited to church. He doesn't want to go. He's told me. The feeling, the thought, whatever it was, wouldn't leave. Okay, so he says, all right, I'll go in. So he goes in, he invites this guy to church. The guy says, Lee, I've told you, I'm not into the church thing. I know, but the music is so great. I know you like music. It's great music. I don't, I'm not going to church. 
Yeah, but they've got great children's programs. Leave. Leave it. I'm not going. Two years later, a guy comes up to Lee Strobel and says, I can't tell you the impact and the change that you had on my entire family. And Lee's like, I'm so sorry, but do I know you? And he says, well, two years ago, you went in, when you were at the, still at the newsroom, you went into the office to talk to Joe, and you were inviting him to church. But what you didn't know was I was on the ground behind the desk, and I was in a hard place in my life, and I was repairing tile in the office. You didn't see me, but I heard you. And I left there and said, honey, we're going to go to church this Sunday. And since then, our whole family's become baptized, and our life is completely different. Sometimes we get to see that result here on earth. I um, recently was at a conference called um, Living Light. It used to be called Lose It for Life, and it's put on by um, New Life Ministry. New Life. It's an amazing ministry. They are so good at getting into really the emotions that cause us to eat. But uh, I was going to be speaking the next morning. I was in bed late, and I had to get up early, and I had some things already planned for the next day. But for whatever reason, I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to talk about Hosea, the book of Hosea. Wait, I'm in this like living life. It's about lose it for life. How in the world does Hosea tie in? I couldn't get it off my mind. I woke up the next morning, not a lot of time before I was going to go down and share some things, and I took a quick look at an email. In comes an email from, I think it was Bible Gateway. I don't really open them that often, but I opened this one up. It's on Hosea. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is on Hosea. So, I decide I better like, refresh my own mind when it comes to Hosea. So I quickly grab my Bible and I reread Hosea. Thankfully, it's a very short little part of Hosea. And I go down there, even as I'm kind of up there and I'm teaching and all this, I was like, not Hosea. This is not the time. Finally, I, whatever it was, I couldn't get off my mind. I shared Hosea. And it, it makes me emotional because this lady came up to me at the end and she was sobbing. And she came up to me and she, I mean, was moved and she hugged me. And she was hugging me, and she said, Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how badly I needed to hear the story of Hosea today. How cool is that? Okay? I, I mean, I can just tell you story after story, and maybe it's because I put myself in positions a lot where I'm counting on God, but where he has come in and done things that have just increased my faith so much. And I want it for you guys, because here's part of it. Um, I don't want to like kind of minimize just the value of just that right there, hearing from God and how it can play out in your life. But I think when it comes to our health, God is speaking to us. And you know, if you've heard me I talk about the ABCs, I mean, we're supposed to first ask God because it says in First Peter five seven, give all your worries and cares to God because He cares about you. If you care about your health, so does God, and you are to go to him, and you are going to talk to him about your health, and you're going to believe that he can help you. I mean, go to his word and allow it to change you. If you are someone who turns to food for comfort, God, I want to hear from you more clearly on this. I know you're my comforter because your word tells me I have to go to you for comfort. I have the answer. Should I turn to food for comfort? No, you are my comforter. Help those words, God, to overcome the lie that I need food to comfort me. Speak to me on that. God, I want to be motivated and inspired to take better care of my body. What do you have to say about that? Will you help me? And sit quietly. But 
Guys, again, if you're sitting quietly and you hear the voice of him saying, you can do this, I'm here for you, you I have to do everything you need to avoid the temptations, my word tells you, you know, things over and over again that I'm here, I'm ready to help you, you've got this, you can do all things. I don't know what to say. I can just see him saying, guys, you've got to believe me on this. I can help you. And you can do this. If there's anything the voice of God, I think, says to us always, is you are my beloved with whom I'm well pleased. Let that sink in. You are my beloved with whom I'm well pleased. But also, I love you too much to leave you where you're at. I don't want you to have shame and guilt. I don't want you to be weighed down by the burdens of the extra weight on your body, but the burdens of life, the, the emotions that are coming from that extra weight on your body. I don't want to leave you there. Come on. Put your hand in mine. Hear my presence throughout the day and be set free. Jesus came to save us, yes. But what did he come to do? He came to set the captives free. And I think so many people are held captive to their own body. They're just the uncomfortableness, the, the fact that they can't get past, they can't give up the sugar and the guilt that they feel. I have had countless emails come in from people who say, I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate looking in the mirror. Why would anyone love me? How could God even love me in all this? So guys, you have to know, you are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. But you know what? I came to set you free. Because in this world, you will have challenges. But be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. Over and over, his word is what we need to hear. And we don't just hear it. We say, hear, God, I am your servant, and I'm listening. Speak to me. That's what I want you to leave with today. God, speak to me. I am your servant. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be changed by you. And I am all ears. Please help me. Without you, I can't do it. All right, guys. So that's what I've got for you today. I'm going to close in prayer. And um, let's then go as our prayer. I'm just going to see if you guys have any other questions. So hold on. Just Heavenly Father, <clears throat> my heart, my passion, my desire is that anyone who's listening to this God is changed. Even if one person is more open to hearing from you and is committed to saying, God, hear, if I hear from you, I will change. I want to hear from you. Redirect my steps. I don't want to negotiate. I don't want to be too busy. I don't want to think I've got it all together. I don't want pride to get in the way. Please set me free from all that. Let me hear from you today and the next day. In all that I do, I am ready to hear from you. That's my desire for me, God, and for everybody listening. You are so amazing at how you can change us, how you can bring us peace and joy. So thank you for your word. Thank you for all the times you've shown up and just made me feel so loved and cared.